All right, we are back. It's the Cautionary Podcast presented by Two TV Sports. I got Jerry here by my side as always, and today he's got a great pod for you guys. We're talking the Open, Jerry. The British Open will be. We have our TVs on bright and early all weekend, starting tomorrow, uh, and it's a great field. So we're gonna we're gonna break that down for you guys. Also, MLB, halfway through the season, Jerry, MLB All-Star break, Flag Jr. I don't know if you saw the home run he hit, but that thing was absolutely crushed. It was a moonshot, Tosh. An absolute moonshot. That dude can hit. And uh, we had a great All-Star weekend in baseball. It's been a great first half of the season. Got so many storylines. So we'll break that down for you guys, as well as, of course, the NBA Finals. Game four is happening later today as we record this pod. The pivotal game four, Jerry, it's always such a huge game in these series. The Bucks, I mean, if they win, it'll be 2-2. It'll be looking good for them. If the Suns win, it's pretty much over. So that's a huge game for my Bucks. And we'll get into all that, plus Giannis Antetokounmpo later in the pod. But, Jerry, it's good to talk to you. Dude, you as well. I got the Callaway hat on. You know it's a major week. Brooks and Bryson heating up. Apparently, Bryson went back on some deal they made about not talking about Brooks, so he's down to beef with him. Keep it going. Um, it, you know, the British Open always a test of will with the elements, mostly the wind out there. So I kind of like guys who can hit it pretty far off the tee this week because you just got to give yourself a shot. So I kind of like the long hitters, like a Bryson, actually, at this tournament. If you can bomb it out there, it's going to roll. So, you know, I don't think you have to be super accurate when it comes down to link style of play. You know, Jerry, I agree with you on that. But also, you, you said it yourself. It, when you say it's a, it's a testament of will. It is. And, and, yeah, I think you can cross off some of these guys who are just not mentally made to potentially, you know, hit a drive offline a little bit. It hits some weird lie. You get put in some bunker. You got to chip back out. You, gotta, you just got to keep playing. And some of these guys. It's long. Bryson. Bryson, Justin <laughs> Thomas, Jordan Speed. I just don't think a lot of these guys have the mental makeup for this course. So um, I do have some favorites I like. Um, but yeah, I mean, the British Open, always windy. It's probably going to be a little bit rainy at times. The, the Easily. greens are different than they are out here. It's going to be slower greens. Um, and we haven't had one of these in a while, Terry. 2020 robbed us of a British Open, so... You know who um, sneaky kind of like for you? Give me yours. I know we always talk about this guy. He always never gets it done Thursday, Friday out of it, comes back on the weekend, seems like he's a top 10 finish. I kind of like this guy, Rory McIlroy. He's just been like sneakily working on his game. Saw a video of him this week. He's looking like he's in pretty good form. I know I'm going to eat my words Thursday when he's plus three and out of contention, but I kind of like him this week. And I don't think in the history of our pod or even talking to you that I've ever liked Rory going into a tournament. So this is, this is rare territory for me. I don't know. How I, feel yeah, I mean, he did win the open back in 2014, 17 no, a long time since he's been in contention in the major. It has. Yeah. It, I mean, I think, I mean, he's clearly seems to be the fav- one of the favorites going in, but to me, it's just, but, I mean, he's, he's just not consistent. He's just not <laughs> consistent enough. So I, I mean, if you're picking guys to make the cut, like, yeah, I think Rory will make the cut. Like he has a decent shot of being top 10, but I just, I don't know. I don't see him winning this tournament. Okay. Give me who you like in, in lieu of my boy, Rory. 
So I I normally don't love the favorites going into majors, but I think John Rahm is primed for a great tournament. You think he goes back to back? Sheesh. He's clearly the best player in the world right now. Yep. He's the most talented. I think he's got a good mental makeup. He used to be like known as a hothead, but I think that's I mean, I think he's still pretty much a hothead. Even at the US Open, he let it fly a couple times. But I mean that's just who he is. That's how he plays. Yeah, but I think he's got the mental makeup to if he makes a, a few, you know, bad shots, bad holes, I think he'll be able to recover. I also really like Brooks Kepka, who I think is yep. been motivated by Bryson, yep. and he is the ultimate mental makeup guy. And he's not going to be pushing, you know, things that don't need to be. He's not going to be going for pins that he shouldn't go for. He's going to play smart ball. That's what he does. Uh, and I also like Xander Schauffele, who uh, is always involved in majors. He's played well at the British Open. Um, and those are the three favorites. So, I mean, I think one of those guys is going to win. Yeah, no, I like it. I was actually kind of thinking between Shoffley and Rory. So I like where, where your head's at there. And definitely I like Brooks over Bryson this week. It looks like Bryson wasn't really playing well when he had the match with Phil uh, Brady and Rogers last, last week. Was it? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think he's in the, yeah, my boy, right now, my but boy do... Rogers was carrying the team. He was Gary. Carrying Did you watch? It up. That was unreal. He was hitting dimes. He's a good yeah. golfer. Yeah. I don't I, I thought it was funny. He was, he was playing better than he was playing better than Phil at times. Yeah. Yeah. Like no sure. joke. He yeah. literally was. <laughs> yeah. He was. I mean, he was tearing it up. I did think it was funny though that he was irked by Bryson at all times. Just like, oh, this guy. <laughs> yeah. So even his partner could didn't uh, want to be around him. Bryson's an interesting dude. I, dude, you know, I, I do. I do think that like what he's doing for golf is good in like. So I'm I'm in on Bryce. I, yeah, I, I mean, what that. he's doing bombing off the tee is good for golf, but the way he approaches it is a bit much. I would go with. Yeah. You could say that. Jerry, how about Phil Mickelson? 85 to one. Do you think he has a shot? No, no, I do not. Okay. How about, how about your boy Lee Westwood? 47 to one. There is this course is going to eat Lee Westwood alive. Although I do love watching Lee Westwood. What does Lee Westwood do, Jerry? Dude, Lee Westwood fucks. Everybody knows this. It's not a secret anymore. He's uh he's pretty proud about it. Recently engaged, now married. I mean, he's living life. He not, not his tournament though. I, I I really like those top three. I I would I would say yeah. Rom, Kepka, and Shoffle are the guys yeah. I want to put uh, oh, my money on. And and how about one more, Jerry Shane Lowry, the previous Open Championship Absolutely. winner. He won by six strokes over Tommy Fleetwood. You don't buy. I don't buy it. No, one. No. Shane's not getting another not one. Not going to go back to back. I don't buy that. Not for one second. Um, is also, right. I meant to ask you, I haven't looked into it. Is DJ playing? And if he is, I, he needs to round yep. up form after his master's yeah, win. 20, he's really just been on party mode. 25 to one. He's got the seventh best odds. I don't hate it, but he's been playing pretty poorly lately. So I don't, I'm not going to touch that one. Yeah. I mean, he, he didn't, he play. he, I mean, he played a little bit better at the U S open at 35. Um, so I, you know, he could just come out and tear this course up and, and like, he could be the classic dude on Thursday. who like shoots like six under and all the announcers are just like, yeah, like we knew DJ. He said, he's been playing well. He's been working on his game. Like shoots yeah. six under, like yeah. six under the next day, just runs away with the tournament. But, um, yeah, Louis Ustway's in 30 to one. I mean, you he know, he's going to be majors, in the top five going into Sunday. So I feel like that number is a little bit, uh, 
I, I feel like you could now's not the time to bet on him after playing well the last few majors. They're, they kind of Vegas knows that, so I would yeah. stay away. Yeah, Vegas is on. Um, okay, Jerry. So we do have our our uh, baseball preview coming up, but I also just wanted to say check out that Love Letters baseball pod starring Jackson Roberts. He's off in Syracuse. He's out there doing his uh, starting his J school. So. Uh, yeah, he is doing a good job, and I went on that pod, and it was great. So check out the Love Letters Baseball pod starring Jackson Roberts, and uh, you'll get all of the baseball coverage that you need. But uh, I want to do a baseball uh, segment here, Jerry, because uh, I'm a big baseball fan, and this has been an incredible year, Jerry. Yeah. We have Shohei Otani doing stuff that no one's ever seen before. Now, Babe Ruth, you know, when Babe Ruth was pitching, he didn't also hit on the days he wasn't pitching. He was Wait, a pitcher. So on, and I came... also saw it for, his, for Babe Ruth's All-Star Game appearance that uh, his first one, I believe, was in 1933 when they couldn't do both. And he, he was a rookie in 1916. So it's not like the All-Star Game was consistently happening during his career anyways. Well, I'm not even just talking about the All-Star Game. I'm talking about the normal season, like. When Babe Ruth was playing, he was a pitcher and then a hitter, and there was no DH, so he hit on the days he was pitching. Yeah, but he didn't hit on the other days. He didn't go out there and play first base or right. outfield. Right. So, so what Shohei's doing is literally like unlike anything anyone's ever done. Yeah, you have T- Tatis Fernando Tatis, who's like off to his first three years. He's hitting, he's hit like more homers than any player ever. Mm-hmm. and he's young like if he can say like he's gonna hit a ton of home runs in his career like watch out barry bonds um staying with the tatis in the west like the nl west has three powerhouse teams the giants dodgers and padres who are three probably world series favorites all in the same division and that's going to be an absolute bloodbath battling out for the division championship because the other teams are probably gonna have to play each other in the wild card game jerry so absolutely you could, you could see a dog if the season ended today you would see a dodgers padres wild card game how electric would that be i mean yeah i'm in i'm fully in on that especially, then, especially it, i've been casually watching more baseball this year and i have i have stuck to it yeah no it's been a great season and yeah. then in the nl in the nl central you've got the brewers who had uh, four pitchers named to the All-Star game. So they've got an electric pitching staff that could potentially carry them. And then in the in the East, you have the Mets with potentially the best pitcher ever in Jacob deGrom. Yeah, who... what he's doing is actually unparalleled in the history of baseball. I think Pedro had one season where he was around these numbers, which is still insane. But uh, yeah, what deGrom's doing is unreal, like legitimately unhittable. It's crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, in the NL, you have, it's kind of, you know, the Reds are making some, some noise, the Phillies, Braves, you know, maybe the Cardinals and Cubs could maybe get hot, but you're mainly looking at those five teams, the Giants, Dodgers, Padres, Brewers, and Mets. Like those are kind of the five teams. It's looking like that's probably going to be the playoffs. I mean, I know there's a lot of season left and someone's going to come through, but um, those are five very good teams, and I think that would be a great playoffs for the NL. Um, in the AL, Jerry, your your league, um, start out with the West. I mean, the Astros have gotten red hot. They've got a plus one thirty six run differential, which is second only to the Dodgers. Um, they've almost scored five hundred runs, which is uh, the most in baseball. Not even that close. 
And, um, you know, they're going to make some moves at the deadline, potentially get a picture or two. Like this, I think the AL is the asterisk to lose. They seem like the favorite. Uh, the A's will be chasing them. You know, the A's always have their second half hot streak. Yeah. Oh, wait. But, uh, before you keep going on the on the in the AL, I want to ask you the A's. The A's uh, contract is up in Oakland in 2024. I know you're a big A's guy as well as a Giants guy. Uh, how do you feel about them moving potentially to Vegas like the, uh, the Raiders did? So, so there's a big vote on the 20th of July, which is going to decide if they build a new stadium on the waterfront in Oakland or if they leave. And there's been a ton of pressure by Manfred. Just like basically, the city has to decide, and the city council members are voting. The mayor's in. Uh, she wants the plan to happen. The A's want the plan to happen. The problem is, is that John Fisher, a billionaire. John Fisher, who owns multiple real estate companies and Gap Banana Republic and Old Navy, he, billionaire Jerry, he wants the residents of Oakland to pay for his real estate development going around the stadium. That's and, tough. And there's no reason why the residents of Oakland should pay for a billionaire's real estate development business. So yeah. uh, that's where the hangup is. So we'll see. I do think it'll probably get passed, but I think that the A's and Vegas would be very interesting i think that you know it, i don't know yeah, if i mean the visiting succeed. teams you'd have a lot of tired visiting teams i'll tell you that much yeah i don't know <laughs> yeah. if you'd succeed like the raiders i mean the raiders moving there seems like a great success but well i mean think about this though there's only there's only 17 now weeks of regular season football people are gonna go if you build it they'll go to pro yeah football. i mean, well, I mean there's only, unless, there's unless only you're the chargers then ones. you won't but that's yeah, all i mean thing. There's only eight home games, too. So, yeah, people make a destination yeah. out of Vegas to go for football. Yeah. I don't know if that will happen with baseball. But still, I do think that it would be uh, it would be interesting to see. Um, moving along in the AL, Jerry, the White Sox have an eight-game lead in the AL Central. Yeah, they're good. So, they are definitely one of the challengers to the Astros, I think. I and kind of wonder, it, though, would they be better? Like, how much better they'd be without La Russa? <laughs> That's, you know... Me and J Rob were talking about this on his pod, and and I, you know, he he's they've hired a lot of player development guys to be under him and help mm-hmm. with that whole stuff. And uh, it to me the the one good thing about Larusa is that say you're in a, a playoff game and you're down three one in the series or something like there's someone around there who's been there before, you know, like with the yeah. A's, no one's been there before. Everyone just shits their pants every time they get in trouble. Like and then they just lose. And it's the same thing every year. And at least the White Sox have someone who's been there before. Um the problem with them, their pitching has been like the best in baseball. The problem with them is their lineup is severely injured. And uh they're getting two guys back, Eloy Jimenez and Luis Robert, who are middle of the order back. So if those guys get back and are hitting well, like they did last year, I think that the White Sox are a serious, serious threat. Uh, if not, I just don't think that they have the bats to stick with the Astros. Okay. Um, but they're going to win that division. So I think they're in. I think the Astros are in. And then moving over to your division, Jerry, the Red Sox, uh, I think you guys are in a very good spot. The Rays, I just... I'm not a huge fan of their juju. I mean, they lost glass now for the year. Like some of these prospects are calling up Wander Franco, best prospect in baseball. And he's just really not done much um, since he got called up. And, and I feel like that they're just kind of um, treading water. And I'm not a huge fan of like their prospects for the second half. And then you've got the Blue Jays and Yankees right behind them uh, who 
with all the flack the Yankees. Can I just say one thing about the Yankees here? I mean, you're a Red Sox fan, but everyone's panicking about the Yankees. Like they're gonna figure it out. They everyone's are. panicking like they're the worst team in baseball. They're three games above five hundred. If they go on a seven game winning streak, they're right there. Like everyone And they're panicking. going to they're gonna get hot in August. You know it. You know it's gonna Yeah, happen. they're the Bronx bombers are gonna come come out yep. and their pitching has been good. It's really, they have one of the worst offenses in baseball, which is insane considering their lineup. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. It's so, just I mean, all these okay. dudes. So baseball law of averages. Oh, I'm telling you by August, they're going to go on a nice little win. Streak I'm, I'm glad you agree with me on that. I one, do. Jerry, well, it sucks. I know it's going to happen, but because everyone else is ringing panic bells, the Yankees should trade Aaron judge, all this stuff. It's like, come on. There's three games above 500. They're barely out of the playoffs right now. Like they're going to get hot at some point. It's a long season. Um, but I do think the Red Sox are in a very good spot to win this division. And I think with Chris sale coming back, if he can be vintage Chris sale, if, you guys big are if, a serious. Big, big if. Yeah. I think he's targeting middle of August, mid to late August coming back. All I'm going to say is don't rush it. We don't need him right now. Come, if you need to stay out till September, we can manage till then. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm stoked to see him back and healthy. Good old 41, yeah. on slender, his belly button ring and all. So if you want to hear my World Series prediction, you're gonna have to uh, listen to the Love Letters to Baseball Pod. As me and uh, J Rob made our predictions on there, so go check that out. Um, but yeah, it's been a great MLB season, and um, we've had a lot of fun watching this year. So um, anything else on MLB, Jerry? Uh, just looking forward to the second half getting going. Uh, I like how baseball did Yankees Red Sox Thursday night, the only game happened in the MLB. So all eyes on us once again. Very excited about that. Yeah, that'll be a good one. Um, all right, Jerry. NBA game four is tonight as we record this. It's a huge game. Uh, Giannis has been going off this series, and uh, he's really just there's there's only two guys who have, who have really done what he's done in finals and that's MJ and LeBron. Uh, and so, I mean, we'll see what happens, but here, I mean, what do you think? Dude, you, Giannis you like the has Bucks been unreal. I mean, talk about how I said Chris Middleton was the X factor. Maybe Giannis is the X factor. I mean, he can't be stopped. I mean, I think the Suns have besides eight to stop him. Nobody he keeps getting the paint. Yeah. Finally hit some free throws. I think he went 13 for 17 game three. So that was good to see. It's clearly, the role players and Giannis are shooting better at home. That's great to see. I mean, it's going to happen to Phoenix game five when they go back. Um, I think that the Bucks do get game four, the pivotal game four, and then it's best of three going back to Phoenix. And then I think it's depending on what happens tonight, I'll give you my, my take on game five, but I, I don't know. I liked Milwaukee going into the series and I still kind of like them, even though they're down a game. There's just something about it that says when you have the best player on the court, you win the series. And Giannis is by far the best player on the court. Yeah, I know a lot of people want to see Chris Paul get his ring, but I think the Bucks. I mean, there's clearly a drive with Giannis as long as he stays healthy. That's where I'm at with it. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. The best player on the court normally wins, and that's been Giannis uh, in Game 3. Game 2, I mean, the Suns just shot the lights out of the ball. Yeah, that's going to be so tough to that, repeat consistently. Yeah, so that was a tough one for the Bucks because I feel like that Giannis game was a game that we easily could have won. Um, I, I, I'm kind of with you. Like, 
I do think that the Bucks have a good shot in game four, but it would also just not surprise me if Chris Paul just comes out and he's doing all this stupid Chris Paul things and drawing BS fouls and like Sounds about right at, though. Shooting that mid range jumper, like and it's a close so game. So I saw I saw I, a good stat actually out. about Chris Paul that he only finishes five percent at the rim. So the fact that they're sagging off is a terrible defensive play. Like you should be with him in the mid range. You shouldn't be waiting for him to attack the rim because that's just not yeah, what he I do think that they've uh, changed a little bit, like as the series has gone on uh, in game one, especially, and then somewhat in game two, like he was just getting to those spots where, you know, where he's going and he just pulls up and he just does that little like fadeaway mid range jumper. And it seems like he makes all of them. Um, but then like nice. game three, it looked like they were more like trying to cover up that, which is a tough to cover because part of it is like, well, if you're he, under the dude when he's shooting and then he kicks out his legs, then you get a foul called. And you know Chris Paul's going to be doing that BS, too. Yeah. Like, you, you know he's going to be just doing it. Oh, I'm with you. I'm with you 100% on that. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, if he's driving to the rim, he's not going to shoot. And if he does shoot, he's probably going to miss or get blocked. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that take. So, what so do you I feel I feel like the difference maker, I mean, Chris Paul, I think, will be pretty good. I feel like the difference maker is going to be Devin Booker. Like if Devin Booker yeah, has like one that. of those games where he's puts up 30 points and is relatively efficient, like Suns are probably going to win. But if I he think has he gets enough, a big game, but I think it might be game five, not game four. It might be off by a game, but I think him at yeah. home, he, I mean, when he's hot, he shoots the lights out. We saw he did this yeah. playoff run, but I, I, I don't think he's going to have like a lights out game in game four, but I do no. think he might. He might be good enough where Chris Paul in the late game and it's close can carry his team to a win. Yeah, I could see um, it. I'm excited that I mean the final what could you what more could you ask for? You know yeah, I mean, I mean it's, it's not it's, it's not necessarily it's a good series. If you're a true basketball fan, this is a good series. Yeah, they haven't been close games, but it's been fun to see the adjustments and there's a lot of good players. I mean, that's the thing about the NBA, Jerry, is like everyone was like, oh, like at, like I hate it when we know what the finals are. It's going to be Warriors Cavs every year. Yeah, nobody said the Suns not, are going to be in the finals. Not a single person. Not even yeah, Suns fans were convinced. Yeah, now it's not Warriors Cavs. It's not super predictable, and everyone's like, "This final sucks." Like these teams aren't good. And it's like, well, like you're not going to get two all-time teams like every year, every NBA season. Like yeah. stuff happens. Like sometimes a team that you're not expecting it goes all the way. And that's what's been fun about like this playoffs. Uh, besides like the injuries and all that, like it's fun to not entirely know what's going to happen and uh, and just watch. So um, go Bucks, and I'll be watching. It's going to be a huge game. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah, man, I'm excited. I see this going six. I don't think it goes seven. Uh, this could be telling tonight what happens, even if it gets tied up. I think uh, the winner of game five, pivotal game five. We talking about pivotal game four. Game five is the one that's going to decide the series. Um, he's yeah, say but now, dude, but... say the Bucks, say the Bucks win game four though. Yeah, game and they lose game five. I still feel like they have a shot to win the series. They have a shot, but it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be very tough. Yeah, I mean, very, very it wasn't supposed to be easy. But uh, all right, Jerry. One last thing here is I have an article. I have a have a multiple part article coming out here soon my nba draft big board article jerry i like it got, we've got 30 prospects ranked we've got their upside comp 
we've got their downside con and we've got their most likely outcome thanks for listening to the talk to jerry podcast make sure to check out my article nba draft big board article and for now 2tv sports is signing off the mic